Welcome to Therapy is Dope with Alicia and Julie. Let's make self-help fun again. But no, seriously, laughter is the best medicine. Come and join us as we introduce new ways of thinking and being. And hopefully get you laughing along the way. What's up? We're back. In action. We're here to bring you uh, ways to meditate or what meditation means and the benefits of meditation. And Alicia uh, has a really great meditation. It's a guided meditation that she wants to share with us. And I'm super excited because it's the first time I'm going to hear about it too. So go ahead, Alicia. <laughs> well, I'm not prepared to walk us all the way through the meditation right now, but I will talk about it for sure. Um, I think the first thing is a client of mine, we were talking about um, spiritual things today. And she was saying that being raised uh, Protestant Christian, she felt like um, doing anything outside of the church was evil. And that's how I was raised as well. And uh, so meditation and yoga were like, you know, basically like, what is it? Hindu practices. And that was like, not, it should have had no place in a Christian's life. So for me, I had to go on a whole journey to learn about meditation and what it was and all of those things um, before, because I had been raised that like all of that stuff was like religious and you needed to stay away from it essentially. So, um, I think meditation has become popular enough that a lot of people don't look at it that way anymore. But, um, I know that the, the belief still exists based on the conversation I have with my client today. So, but what I have told people is that I think that meditation could be called practicing mind control because that's really what it is. Um, We are learning to sit back and pay attention to our own mind and pay attention to what goes on and then start to practice trying to control it. So you can think of it as like, let's say you're a little kid and you're out on a basketball court and you're trying to shoot baskets. And your goal, obviously, is to get baskets. But let's say you get distracted by a cat that comes along or like you find something shiny on the court or, um, you know, some other person comes onto the court. You're going to get distracted. Now, if you're really dedicated to your basketball practice, you're going to bring yourself back to trying to shoot the baskets again. And that's exactly what meditation is. So you're observing your mind and you're going to get distracted by things that are going on in your mind. And you go down what I call like the little rabbit holes and you follow the thought a little too far. And then you catch yourself doing that. And you're like, Oh wait, I'm here to play basketball. And you focus back on your meditation. (laughs) But doing that is teaching you that you can control your thoughts you can bring yourself back to a, p- a place of peace anytime you want and that your thoughts don't have to mean anything. Your thoughts and feelings, they don't have to mean anything. They, they can just be something that happened and you observe it. So for example, your goal on the basketball court would be that if a cat comes onto the court, it doesn't distract you. You just keep playing your game. Mm. 
yes, the cat is there. You see the cat, you acknowledge that the cat's there, but you don't stop playing your game because the cat's there. Does that make sense? Okay. So uh, pretty much everybody who meditates, even monks, get distracted and go down the rabbit hole and they don't always feel it all the time. They're not always into it. But what we're going for is the practice of trying to have more control over our mind, the uh, practice of being more aware of ourselves and the intermittent place of peace that we can find within ourselves because a place of peace always exists inside of us um, and we have the ability to tap into it. We just tend to not do that. Okay, just a question. When you talk about like, you know, you just figuring out your own control over your mind, right? Mind control. Are you suggesting or is this theory suggesting that we we were born not in not in not in control of our minds? That's a good question. Uh, I don't know that we can say that we're definitely not born with an awareness of our minds. We are developmentally, the awareness of our mind comes in elementary school. And then our ability to think, uh, metacognition, the ability to think about what we're thinking about really comes into play more along the lines of like middle school and high school. So developmentally, no, you don't have that ability right away. But, okay. So describe, I guess, explain to me because I'm, confused or I'm trying to play a devil's advocate maybe I'm gonna pretend I'm playing devil's advocate but in reality I'm like what the hell is going on that's one of my voices that's going on right now one it's it's the shiny thing on the court you know what <laughs> is going on what is, this? is that a quarter? um so yeah the rabbit's distracting me but so but you know like we're one yes zero years old to 10 years old and that's before you said that we have cognitive um decision making so between one zero and one how are we acting choosing that we like something like when we taste something i go hey i like this or i don't like this and that happens before 10 years old but that's not any of my control well meditation isn't going to have anything to do with your taste buds so uh there there's still physiological sensations that you do have awareness of as a little kid and i think that's what you're you're learning i mean as little kids our neurons are firing so fast and our cells are uh recovering or or replicating at an incredible speed so you're absorbing so much as little kids. And like the first thing, usually like kids become aware that they can move and then they become aware of like your face, but they don't know the difference between your face and their face. So there's like a whole developmental process that we go through as far as awareness and like walking is a whole new awareness and like learning how to walk and learning how your body works and learning how your movements work and gaining muscle control. All of that stuff is stuff that, that you're developing and, and growing in your younger years. And the more complicated things like your thoughts and your feelings and being able to talk about those and being able to understand them, they come later. Like, um, uh, 
I think we've talked about the fact that my seven-year-old is in therapy and she's trying, we're trying to help her understand that she doesn't have to believe everything she thinks. And we're trying to help her understand that she has control over her emotions because that isn't something that you think at seven years old. That isn't so something where, that you're So what are these thoughts from? You know, like like the seven-year-old says like, and, and she throws a, a tantrum or whatever, and she's thinking, the world's going to end. I need, you know, I need that lollipop or the world's going to end. Where do those thoughts come from then? It comes from an unaware part of your brain? I guess that's a good question. Um, we have automated systems in place already as humans. Like, um, they say that our temperament is 40% of our personality and you're born with your temperament. So you're already born like either, you know, just for an example, some people are super chill and they're already just like that from the time they're babies. And that's a big part of who they are. So for them, is it a big deal if they don't get the lollipop? Probably not. And then there's other people that are born a little bit more anxious, right? And they have a little bit more of an anxious personality. And that person might think it's the end of the world if they don't have their lollipop. No! So there, there's definitely some automation that 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 we are born with. Um, and then, of course, through nature and nurture, they say that our sub our unconscious mind or subconscious mind is programmed by the time that we're seven. I think we've talked about that. So um, through biology and nurture by seven, we definitely have some automatic systems already in place. Mm. I, I kind of feel like we have automated, automated systems in place before that, just watching my children, but I am no developmental expert, so don't don't take my word for it. Have your own kids. See for yourself. Here you go. <laughs> no, I was a I was a very curious kid, but it translated to a bad kid at that time because you know, I, I want I would I needed to know how things work, so I would break everything apart. And I would want to know how textured work or like a pair of scissors work. How do you work? So I would find things to cut. You know, I cut like the mattress cover and, you know, stuff like that. I've done that. Um, or I need to know, like, I, I my mom said I would always like be curious where the drawer, like the wheels of the drawer. So I would take the whole drawer out, pull out all the clothes, sit inside of it, look around in the corners and whatever, you know. So I was super curious. But like, if you think about it, you go home, a long day of work and your kid has throws all the clothes out of the drawers cuts the the you know linen and you're like jesus what are you doing you know what i mean <laughs> you're like screaming at this kid but the kid truly is just curious and i am and and as an adult that temperament has followed i'm very curious because i need to know what everything is like you know you know different race men like ooh, how does this one work <laughs> to, uh, to like how even like little gadgets like how does this work like mechanically where are the wheels on this thing oh it works like that okay that makes sense you know and then I, I needed like it needs to make sense to me for me to like believe in go into it um but when it comes to those thoughts I didn't start th uh, there I didn't start meditation until probably like eight years ago and before that what was I running on 
what were the thoughts coming from? Yeah, what was I running on? What was I, how was I living without well, meditating? Usually, yeah, like your your own automatic way of being and also the things that you were taught. That's what you're running on. Mm. So you, you have your experiences, you have the things that you were taught and you have your automatic way of being. Those three things is what you were running on. And I am of the belief that the majority of the population doesn't question beyond that. They're like, yeah, this is just who I am. This is just how it is. This is just what it is. And that's just the end of it. And, you know, I just, I don't think that's all there is. I think there's so much more and I think we're capable of so much more. And I think none of us understand our full potential. And I'm not saying that meditation is uh, the key to figuring out your full potential, although it could be, I suppose. Uh, but it's certainly a way to get to know yourself, a way to um, try to get some kind of level of control over yourself. And it's also a way to relax, which is something that our culture doesn't necessarily emphasize. And I think a lot of people think of meditation as relaxation, like, oh, that's what it's for. It's just for relaxation. But but to me, that's not even its biggest purpose. It teaches us not to be reactive. It teaches us not to take our thoughts so seriously. It teaches us to pay attention to our whole selves rather than just a part of things. It teaches us to slow down. It teaches us that we always have a place of peace that we have access to. Um, so, and I think that that's how we're meant to live. Like, I feel like if there was like a top level that you're trying to reach in this video game of life, then mm -hmm. it's like that place of peace, like living in that. And, and some people say that they do live in it. I haven't quite made it there yet, but I think that's like the ultimate goal kind of like to but transcend everything and just live in a place of peace. But it, it, I also feel like it may be peace or whatnot could also be a state of mind, just like happiness. I feel like, so it's hard to say that that's where I need to be. So then once you get there, is there's like, and, and, or it's unrealistic because things change throughout your life, throughout your day, throughout your hour, you know, the hour of your life um, that could mess that up. So you can't chase a state of being or is that different because you, you know you can't be like i have to be happy every day but there's gonna be things that are not great you know what i mean that happen let's say you get in a car accident let's say um you know like like things that happen you can't be like oh fantastic a car accident yeah insurance premium let's go baby you know like and you can't beat yourself up for not being happy about that no i I don't, but see, that's part of meditation too, is not, it's being non-judgmental of yourself, no matter what comes up for you during your meditation, no matter how difficult your meditation is, you don't judge yourself. Instead, you thank yourself for trying just like in a yoga class. They don't say like, oh my God, I couldn't, I can't believe you're downward dog. You couldn't straighten your legs all the way. You know, instead they're like, thank your body for what you did today. What'd you say? So you're watching me doing my terrible downward dog. I I might I I feel like I'm flexible in certain positions, but downward dog for some reason it's like 
fuck? Why is this so easy to people? It really like having a straight back and straight legs. It's really hard. Yeah, yeah. So, um, part of the meditative practice is also practicing being non-judgmental with yourself. So certainly, no, we don't want to judge ourselves for having any emotions. And yes, according to the Buddhist belief, all of everything in life is temporary, including an emotional state. Um, but I guess what I'm referring to is that some spiritual gurus say that they don't ever get stressed. They live in a constant state of peace because they know that everything that's happening in life is just stuff that's happening and it doesn't, it doesn't make or break a person. It doesn't, uh, they just transcend every circumstance. So like, even if you get in a car accident, you can remain calm you can get through it. It's not going to ruin your life. And, and is it inconvenient? Sure. But inconvenience doesn't kill us. You know, then they, they kind of like always keep that bigger perspective so that they're not ever getting caught up in being ruled by their emotions, essentially. Uh, oh, oh, okay. 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 Going back, like, I guess happiness is an emotion. Peace is a state of mind. Yeah, I think that peace can be an emotion too, which if you practice meditation and you find that place of peace, then you you really probably only experience that peace when you meditate or mostly when you meditate. Um, but I, from what I'm told, you can increase the amount of peace in your life when you increase this practice. Um, so the practice is a discipline that's teaching you a whole lot of things about how to operate in life and kids actually can meditate uh it's just different for them so they're using their imagination more so one of my very favorite meditations regardless of the fact that it's for kids is one where you imagine yourself in a treehouse and uh, your treehouse has whatever you want in there. So me and the girls will talk about like, well, what's in your treehouse? And sometimes there's like a room with puppies and sometimes there's a room uh, with kittens and sometimes there's a room with like squishy seats and, and uh, bean bags or whatever everywhere. And uh, Liliana will have like a trampoline room and, you know, whatever you want in your treehouse, you can have. And so whatever you're feeling in that moment, you, you can have it there. And they say like, you can have flowers like growing on the wall. If you want, like whatever it's, you're using your imagination, you make it your peaceful Zen place. And then when you go into your meditative practice, that's where you're going. You're going into the place where you most want to be. So what else do you have to feel except for happiness and peace? Like you're in your best space. No, I love that. I actually was just thinking about that as you were describing. I was like, oh man, you know, the world is your oyster in this tree house. Fantastic. And wouldn't you feel just safe knowing that you have this tree house? And maybe in some people, it's just like, oh, I have like, I have, 10,000 locks on it, deadbolt locks. No one's coming in. Uh, and you can have anything you want, you know? I would yeah. have a cotton machine. That would be a must. Uh, mm. Yeah. You but could a, have a, like a diamond crusted room. You know what I mean? You could have anything in there. 
Yeah, that would be so spiky, no? The diamond yeah, around. Probably. I don't know that it would be comfortable, but it would be pretty. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> we got that comfort here, Julie. Oh, okay. Maybe we put like a, a layer of plexiglass over it so oh, that no one's getting like okay. <laughs> you see how uh, we can use our imagination and make it whatever we want. <laughs> and also I, I do want to emphasize my three favorite letters in this podcast it's free people yes well and that's the thing too like so the the gurus say that they meditate for like four hours a day or something like that right which is like cool i don't know how you have time for that but whatever um nobody got time for that but the research shows that what we need is seven minutes Oh, that's all? There's literally nothing else that you can do for seven minutes that's going to be super beneficial to you. I mean, I think they do have like five minute ad videos, but um, I mean, I don't know how effective they are. I haven't done one. Oh, we should start one. Dude, about <laughs> how many minutes? Okay, I'm going to I'm gonna convince our, uh, our listeners right now, okay? So in 24 hours, how many minutes are in 24 hours? 60 minutes. So we're talking about one day has 1,440 minutes, right? 10 minutes is less than 10% of that. Just 10, oh, seven minutes. You even said seven minutes. Yeah. So seven We've minutes. We've shaved it down, man. It's seven minutes. <laughs> Dude. And seven minutes is only... 0.48% of your day. If you can't even take 0.48% of your day to do seven minutes. Wow. And and honestly, a lot of people are in their car a lot driving, or you're in the bathroom, or you're what you could do, you could start with active meditation. Like yeah. you don't have to full blown eyes closed, you know, hands on your lap, po uh, pointing to the ceiling, all this stuff. You don't have to do that. You yeah. literally just stop and go and, and even start uh, like I remember starting and I would say what are my voices telling me right now what are my thoughts telling me right now what am I what is it saying yes yes and that's, that's how you can you can start like that um shoot no, I don't remember what I was gonna say but the the meditation that I that you mentioned that I was gonna talk about that I like she starts out by saying go ahead and write all your worries in the sand you're at the beach let me back up first you're at the beach you hear the waves you smell the salt water you you really immerse yourself in that imaginative experience of being at the beach you feel the sunshine all that business and then you go down to the sand where the water the water meets the sand and you write your problems in the sand and then you watch the waves come and wash those away and it gives you a visual representation of letting your stress go, like acknowledging yeah. your stress and then letting it go so that you can focus in on what's next. And I love that. And even the little kid meditation where you're doing the treehouse, they start with like feeling you're paying attention to your body and um, imagining your feet grow roots and like get into the ground, you know, yeah. and like ground you. So it, it's largely when you're doing a guided meditation using your imagination, which is great. Um, but you can do those little techniques to help you let go. When I was in sixth grade, we did a meditation in class where we uh, imagined that there was a balloon in our stomach. And when we were 
we were letting out the air in the balloon. And when you were letting out the air in the balloon, you were letting go of all of your worries. So with each exhale of your breath, you're letting go. And that kind of stuff helps facilitate like, okay, let me acknowledge what's in my head, but then let it go. Cause that's not the purpose of this to just stay in whatever's in my head. Mm. It's still meditative. If you, if you pay attention to what's going on in your head, that's still a part of meditation, but it's not necessarily the goal to just sit there and pay attention to what's in your head. Um, which is why people use breath. Breath is a big part of meditation because it gives you something to focus on. They also say that we are uh, naturally shallow breathers, particularly in this country, and we don't get enough oxygen. So when you're doing the deep breaths, you're also getting in all this oxygen. Also, when you do the deep breaths, they say that it stimulates the vagal nerve and, and uh, causes your body to relax. So there's physiological reasons as well that we use breath, but the, the uh, main goal of paying attention to your breath is just to give you something to focus on. So you could pick a point on the wall and focus on that too that can work as well. You just need something to focus on. And you can create a mantra for yourself. You can do all kinds of things. Like sometimes I tell myself, um, okay, we're just going to think about nothing. And then I just focus on the word nothing. Mm. And I imagine like a void or a space or, you know, something along those lines. It's nothing. So a padded room, if you will, like anything that you want to, that would associate, be associated with nothing for you. Uh, but there's also like loving kindness meditations or uh, self-confidence meditations. So you could imagine yourself in the position that you want to be in. Like, what would I look like if I was my most confident self? What would I be doing? Um so there's a lot of different ways to meditate and there's a lot of different things you can do. You can be intentional about it. You can try to do nothing with your mind, which is also beautiful because usually if you can get to a place where you're thinking about nothing, there's nothing there but peace. There's just, it's perfect Aww. peace. And that's one of the points of meditation is that uh, in the present moment, generally, it is peaceful. There isn't anything you and I have to do right now, except for talk to each other. So what do we really have to worry about right now here in this moment? Nothing. We could be living in a perfect place of peace right now because we are just in this present moment. So that's another thing that meditation is trying to teach us. I told you I could talk about this a lot. I love it. No, I really love it. And as you're speaking, I'm like, shallow breath. <gasps> I'm like trying to breathe super deeply right now. And I'm like, man, I'm getting tired. This is great. And I've heard about the bangle nerve multiple times. And Mel Robbins talked about it maybe a few months ago. And she says she takes a bath every night because when you warm it up or I don't know, sometimes that connecting to because that is a that nerve um, rela relaxes your body. That's the one that I think um, triggers cortisol and, and you know, like the fight and uh, the fight and flight uh, response. But if you calm it down, it calms down your entire nervous system. Yes. And they do it either through heat 
or they threw it through, um, I guess, breathing. What you just mentioned, and I had no idea. I didn't know. Yeah. Yeah. So that's why people are always like, well, if you're really upset, take a deep breath. And people get so mad. They're like, what the fuck is a deep breath? Gonna do? <laughs> you know? And yeah, it's not, it's not fail proof from my perspective, like from the things that I've been through, it, it doesn't like solve your problems, you know, it and, like, your bills. No, yeah. And it doesn't like take your anxiety away forever. Like I've had periods of time where all day long, I had to remind myself to take deep breaths because I felt like I just couldn't breathe all day. Wow. So there's, it's not like it's just that, that simple. Like you just take deep breaths and you'll be fine. You'll never have fear again in your life. It's not like that. Uh, but we do know there's physiological reasons and there's also psychological reasons that we use breath in meditation. Um, and the, the relaxation piece is really nice, but, but we also can use it to pay attention to our bodies which is something that we also don't do a lot. So in a lot of meditations, they do something that's called progressive relaxation, where they will walk you through paying attention to all the parts of your body. And when they do, when you do, they say like, pay attention to, let's say your feet, we'll start with your feet. And you're going to just like relax your feet consciously, like let go, let your feet just hang there, let your feet relax and notice any pain that you might have in your feet and just let that go. And then you're going to go through your whole body and you're going to pay attention to your whole body and let go of any tension, let go of any pain. And so you get your whole body relaxed and then it's easier for your mind to relax too. Now we've just paid attention to all of our aches and pains in our body. We've really conscientiously relaxed each part of it and now that our body is fully relaxed, now we can focus on getting our minds relaxed too. So it gets us in touch with our physical selves as well as our internal world, I guess you could say. Yeah. I, I remember when I was first starting to meditate, um, I just I just knew scientifically and clinically there was so much proof in the calming of it. And I was going through like a really crazy breakup where I, you know, affected my sleep and eating habits, all that. And uh, so I just needed an answer. So I was doing all this stuff, including meditation. And I, but I couldn't do it. I couldn't start at, um, you know, even like five minutes in silence. I couldn't do that. I needed, there was so much chatter in my brain. I needed a, a guided meditation. Uh, so my word of advice when it comes to starting meditation is, um, if you can go straight to silent, cool. But I had just too many voices for me personally. So I needed, uh, so I Googled things, you know, and there's five minute meditations too. So if you want to start like just five minutes and then there's active meditation, you could, you could click and that could do, you could do that during driving. You could do that while getting ready in the morning. You could do it when you're doing therapeutical things, therapeutical. Am I making up words now? Um, <laughs> you could, you could like, when people start putting on their makeup, you're, it, like sometimes it just calms them down doing their makeup or if they're really focusing on something that they really like you know even combing your hair could be like you know bringing mindfulness to combing your hair like all the bristles touching your scalp from the root to the to the ends and you do that over and over and you can just feel like a calming sensation everything you do if you're so nervous and you're on the edge right now and there's a big thing that happened to you 
just be mindful of everything. Like when you're brushing your teeth, brush one tooth at a time and go, okay, I'm going in circles. That's one, two, three, next tooth, one. And if you do that at the end of brushing your teeth, you're going to be like, was that meditating? I, di I didn't know where I was. Like you kind of transform yourself out of your regular day just those few moments, you know, and it could be anything. So it don't think about it, you know, the traditional um, Indian style, legs crossed on the floor, hands facing a certain way, your, you know, I mean, stuff like that. You, you could do it in a lot of many different ways that fits your lifestyle. You don't, don't, you don't, there's no rules in meditation and you could meditate while journaling. You could meditate while doing, yeah, journaling exercise. You could do all those things, and, and then it gets you to a place where you're most comfortable with meditation. Like at go, like going what you said, you when you go through your feet and whatever. And I used to do that, you know, like go and then wiggle your pinky toe, and then wiggle your, you know, fourth toe, and I don't know the names of each toe, you know, and you know, is it index toe? Like you know, when you say index finger, middle no finger, idea. and pinky pinky toes the thing, and then your big toe. But what's the is it what index? Those in ones? I don't know. Do you have a pointer toe? You have a pointer toe? <laughs> How dare you your middle toe at me? <laughs> I have no idea. Uh, but I used to do like used to go okay, uh, toe one, toe two, relax, and then it goes to like the balls of my feet and fully relax that. And every time I breathe oh. out, it gets more relaxed. Every time I breathe in, I'm bringing in fresh, clean, wholesome air, and I'm yes. bringing out my you know the energy I want to get out of my body. So I'm expelling that from my body while yes. breathing. And yes. I do that. That's one of my favorites. That imagining the negative energy being expelled from my body and then imagining me breathing in healing positive energy it's usually like white or glitter in my world sometimes oh. it could be like a rainbow maybe but like that's what I imagine like definitely glitter for sure <laughs> really I don't do glitter I imagine like like fog oh fog coming in yeah oh, in I could see that yeah I could see that and then you're blowing out like gray smoke. Yes, yes, it's it gonna be like gray, too. black. Yeah, the one I did that had you like fill your body up with sand and then let all the sand out. And I imagined like I, I, you're in California and in Florida we have black sand, so I imagine like black sand being uh, released from my feet and like I love it. Yeah, but uh, when you do breathing one when you're doing breathing one really are you like expelling like gray clouds you know that's yeah I, I do think about that absolutely really? yeah I do that yeah there was a lady that um imagined like steam coming out too like when when she was expelling the negative energy like this this powerful hot steam I love it yes yeah and I think that, I mean, for me, I have a very vivid imagination. So for me, it's always best to imagine something when I'm meditating. Like, even if I'm trying to get to a nothing space, a few of one of my nothing spaces is this pool that I invented in my head that's in a jungle. And of course, there's nothing dangerous in this jungle. It's just this beautiful blue pool. And I'm just floating on a floaty in this pool. And it's amazing. There's birds chirping and like, it's wonderful. So, uh, but that's a nothing space for me. There's also like 
I'm actually allergic to grass, but in my meditations, I like to lay in a grass field and like look up at the clouds and like kind of like float with the clouds almost like, you know, so I use my imagination a lot for this stuff. And um, like you said, you can also do it like silent. You can do it where you're just focusing on your breath. You could do it where you're just focusing on music. One of my clients didn't like people talking it distracted her so she liked to just like feel and hear the music and she would focus really hard on that um also that's great yeah and um you were saying when you're driving when you're driving that's a perfect time to put on affirmations and try to be really mindful about every affirmation that you're saying that's a form of meditation too. You you are focusing your mind on something positive in in that moment and being intentional to control yourself to think just about that. Oh my god, actually can we can I can I clarify something? So I really love my work and I when I do something I really focus on it because I want it to better what I do and who I am. Am I meditating when I'm actually doing a project that I really like? I'm focusing on it really hard. That could be it. That that I would call flow, flow, uh, which is a type of meditation. It is a type of meditation when you get into the flow of something, and mm. you're so in it that you don't realize how long you've been doing it. That is a state of flow, like. Like you were saying, if you're journaling and you're getting so into it that you don't realize you've just written like 10 pages and you're like, holy shit, where did all this come from? That is a state of flow. And when you're in a state of flow, it is a meditative state. Wow. I think I'm in it all the time. I actually do that. Probably I'm in flow at some point in my days, maybe five days a week. That's awesome. Yeah. That's, like I'll That's look- ideal. I'll be like, what did I just do that? Did I just look at this report for like two hours? My God. But I'm not even tired. I'm just like, oh wow, I have so many ideas. I have so many ideas. Getting to the the science stuff again, there's brain waves that you're trying to get to. And the I think they call it uh now I'm gonna mess it up. Let me not mess it up. I don't know which brain waves it is. I'm not gonna <laughs> say that I do. I read something the other day and I swear they said alpha brain waves, but now I'm questioning myself because I know that when you do hypnosis, you're going for theta brain waves. And theta brain waves are when you're more likely to be like in a state of flow. And also like right before you go to sleep and right when you wake up in the morning, those are also like really vulnerable times where you can have access to your unconscious mind. So they suggest that if you're going to do meditative practices that you do them in those in those time frames, you know, not that you can't do it any time during the day, but you are, it's easier to do it when you're in those relaxed states already. Mm. Mm. Good to know. Oh, I like it. I love this. We were talking about um, my business earlier before we got on the phone. And the reason that I got expanded the services that we offer is because I wanted people to be able to get into a state of meditation without having to put in effort because despite the fact that we have shaved meditation down to literally seven minutes a day 
And despite the fact that it can be fun and you can use your imagination and all of that stuff, people just don't do it. They just don't do it. And I've talked about it for 15 years and I can tell you probably like two of my clients do it on a regular basis out of like the thousands of people I've met. Um, so when you do a massage, for example, which is one of the services that we have, it naturally relaxes your body and usually your mind follows. So usually when you're getting a massage, by the end of it, you're in this like super relaxed state. That is being in a meditative state. You have just relaxed your entire body and now your mind is also relaxed. That's what I'm going for. The float tank, you get into the float tank, the magnesium and the salt is relaxing your entire body. Once your body is nice and relaxed, your mind starts to relax as well. And a lot of times when people start meditation, they fall asleep and that's okay. All the experts say, if you fall asleep, then that's what your body needed. So that's okay if that's what happens. But what happens, and this is what's so sad, is that we are so busy and we are so rushing around all the time and we're always so exhausted that the minute we slow down, we fall asleep. Yeah, I know it's true. <laughs> it's so sad, but it is true. So it's okay if you fall asleep. Um, the goal usually is to stay awake during your meditation. But if you fall asleep, then that's what your body needed in that moment. Because again, we're not judging ourselves for anything that's happening. Any emotions that come up, any thoughts that come up, anything that happens is non judge. This is a non judgmental zone. It's also teaching us to not be judgmental of ourselves, which is also not natural in us. So there's, there's like literally like so many benefits to meditation. Um, and that favorite one that, that we've mentioned a few times, it starts with the, the um, sand and then it moves into light and a progressive relaxation. And then the last part of it, it's called your half hour of peace. And uh, the last, I think, 15 minutes, they tell you like, okay, now imagine yourself where you most want to be. So we're just going to do it like super quick. We'll just run through it. We're not going to do the whole 15 minutes, but you imagine yourself in a place that you most want to be. And then they say like, you can have someone with you if you want, um, or you can be there by yourself. Then uh, you see beside you that you have a gift and the gift has a bow on it. And, you know, you visualize the bow and all of that. And then you open this gift and, oh my God, it's the thing that you've most been wanting. So you take that gift and you just hold it into your heart and you just absorb that moment and how you feel. So you're in a place that you most want to be. You're with somebody maybe that you want to be with. And now you just got this gift that you have been wanting. So you like couldn't be happier. Like you, you couldn't be happier. So then they take you into the woods and you see this waterfall and there's this beautiful waterfall and they get really slick. And they tell you then to imagine somebody that you've been upset with underneath the waterfall. And so it's the first time we're introducing any negativity, but because you're in this like super happy state, um, most of the time you can see that person and not care as much. And so then they tell you to like, just imagine that like the water's coming, flowing over this person and you're just letting go of all of those feelings that you have towards that person. Then you see a light in the forest. So you decide to follow it and you're, you go into this beautiful forest and you're paying attention to all of these 
beautiful things, mushrooms, flowers, whatever it is that you're seeing, moss, whatever. Um, so you're having this really beautiful nature experience. You just like released some stuff. You're, you're happy. And then you see a clearing. And in the clearing, you have the option that you could stay right there if you want, or there's a bridge and you can go across the bridge. And across the bridge is everything you want for your future. Everything you want for your future. And so depending on the day, and I've done this meditation a thousand times, I might stay in the clearing and just chill because I'm like so peaceful and happy right where I'm at. Or I might go across the bridge. Sometimes I've just stood on the bridge and been like, hey, this is a beautiful view from over here. I like <laughs> it right where I'm at on this bridge. And then if you want to, you can go into your future life and just see what it's like. See you, you having all the things that you want, whether it's family, house, you know, whatever, new car, whatever it is, it's all right there across the bridge. So when that meditation is over, there's no way that you're not happy. There's no way. I mean, even if you didn't go across the bridge, you know, it's right there. You know, you can just walk right <laughs> over the bridge and it's right there. Your whole, like everything you want is right there. And I just feel like it's such a beautiful, powerful meditation to show you that you can control your feelings, that you have the capacity to have whatever you want you yeah. have a place of peace inside your mind inside your body anytime oh my god I love this isn't it so cool this is great and that actually uh motivated me to walk across the room real quick and you saw me doing that because I have a Tibetan bowl a sound oh, bowl that's awesome I kind of want to end our session with just a couple of minutes, just literally just me playing. So this is, a, it could be an introduction to your meditation. If, let's say if you never meditate before, or you tried, you said, this doesn't work. Maybe listening to us talk about meditation and talk about all the peaceful and then you go, and then what Alicia did beautifully is kind of walk us through something that feels really good. So imagine everything that she said, you're walking through the woods, you have this gift, you're, you re, you know, you see the person under the waterfall, you're walking across and everything you've imagined is only 10 feet away from you over this bridge, which is easily uh, reachable. And you have everything you've ever imagined from childhood till now on the other side and you're walking there and you're feeling excited and anxious and nervous you're just and you're and you're and you can't stop smiling from ear to ear and your face is hurting from smiling so much and your eyes are getting bigger like is this really happening to me and you feel so warm and fuzzy and you just ah, you're like this is this is how I felt when I first came out of the womb and I felt so loved for not doing anything I'm I'm <laughs> loved just who I am that's so beautiful I love that so let's let's end it with a couple minutes of this yes let's do it I'm down okay. now I'm getting nervous imagine I mess this up <laughs> and they say that the sound of these kinds of bowls is really therapeutic too now I again don't understand the full science of that but that's a really cool way to end I hear like 432 hertz is really good when it comes to brain waves and, and wavelengths that help um, trigger certain, I guess, thoughts or energies or something. I'm not sure. But the frequency of this bowl specifically, I think it helps a certain chakra too. And I forgot what it was. I should have just made it up. Because <laughs> <laughs> no, some listener will correct us. 
I was like, oh, this is a crown chakra, guys. <laughs> Enjoy. Oh, I can't hear it. Oh, you can't? No. I know, I know, then. Maybe I could do it like this. Okay, let's do it again. Okay. Dang it, Julie. Can't hear it. Oh, man. You can hear my voice, but you can't hear that, huh? Yeah. I we need it to have its own microphone. Yeah. All right. Well, we tried. No, you can't hear it all? No. Wow. It's really clearing out. Okay. And it's just... Dang it. Guys, but it's this, It's basically a metal, little tiny metal bowl that I ordered from Amazon. And it comes with a wooden peg. And you just hit the side and you kind of... um. You know, you it's it's remember when we we're kids and we pour water into uh, wine glasses and you kind of oh, yeah. run your finger around the rim and then makes that little noise. That's basically what this Tibetan bowl does. Yeah, that's what they use in the sound baths when they do a yeah. sound bath. They they do those bowls and yeah, like I said, I don't know the science behind it all, but it's supposed to be super meditative and good for you. Yeah. So I highly recommend it, guys. And if you just want to, you know, like play around with one, literally they're, they're as cheap as like, I think $10 or something. Mm -hmm. um, and I leave it on my nightstand because randomly, if I want to pick it up and bring one, it just, it just, it's kind of cool on days that like, you're just feeling really anxious or you're going to bed and you can't go to sleep. I just play with this for a little bit. Um, and it just helps me put, go to sleep. I swear. I think it has some, it really has to do with like that the hertz and the sound waves that the frequency that's at some kind of clearing love it yeah all right guys well he hopefully you got something good from today and learned a little something and we'll see you next time bye